0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us today is Charlotte Allen, whose writings appear frequently in the Weekly Standard. And by the way, this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today, get a 30 day free trial, and a free audiobook of your choice. Uh, Charlotte, you have a terrific cover story for Weekly Standard about the white privilege conference that you attended. Do I have Do I have that right? Exactly. No, you've got the name right. Yes. That's that sounds so insane. That can't be a real thing, but according to your terrific article, not only is it real, it's growing. Oh, yeah, it's all
1: too real. It's basically a movement um, that was started, oh, back maybe 20 years ago by a professor at Wellesley named Peggy McIntosh, who wrote an essay describing herself because she's white as having white privilege. And the idea is that although conscious racism is a thing of the past, we don't have segregation or Jim Crow or discriminatory laws, people are unconsciously racist merely by being white, and it's uh, and so they make assumptions and uh, they and about other people unconsciously. It's all a form of unconscious racism, and so and the idea is in these conferences and other conferences. I mean, it's not the only white privilege conference in the country. The idea is to Kind of raise the consciousness of whites by making them feel guilty, and to allow victims, various minority groups, um, to kind of air their grievances.
0: Can you and give us some examples are, of some extremely
1: popular? Can,
0: Charlotte, Charlotte, can you give us some examples of what things are allegedly signs of white privilege, unknown racism? You, for example, oh. quote some of the different ways that this professor says that our skin color privilege enables us.
1: Oh yes, well. Her theory is that if you look askance at somebody fr- from a minority group for some conduct um, that um, is is out of bounds or strikes you as odd, it's because they belong to the minority group. So she'll say something. I mean, like um, you know, like I I can talk with my mouth full and not have people put this down to my color. That's one of her white kinds of white <laughs> privilege. Well, this struck me as kind of funny because I did, I've never even noticed, I mean, i notice noticed that people have bad manners. Right. I've never noticed their skin color. But the idea is that somehow um, you assign negative traits and stereotypes that may or may not exist.
0: Well, see, if for example, my, I, must not, I must not be white enough for my mother because my mother did not let me eat with my mouth full. And no, I was no. ordered not to eat with my mouth full. And I don't think she cared what I looked like other than the fact that my mouth was full.
1: No, I've never noticed. I never noticed um, bad manners. I never noticed people's table manners unless they're bad manners, like talking with your mouth full. Mm-hmm. And I've never, to be honest, I've never noticed a black person in my life talking with his or her mouth full. That's a kind of funny thing, but I have noticed, you know, some of my sisters and brothers when I was a kid. So, I mean, this, so it's based on this whole notion, for example, that if a, if, a, if a white walks into a department store and decides to shoplift a bunch of sweaters uh, to stick them under her coat, right. the security guard will think, oh, she's white, so she must be pregnant. But if a black woman does that, then she's assumed to be a shoplifter. So it encourages a kind of paranoia on the part of members of minority groups, and a weird sort of breast, sort of self-satisfied breastfeeding on the part of whites, so that they can feel really good because they're feeling so guilty.
0: Who attends these white privilege conferences, and what do they well, talk about?
1: Well, here's what they talk. I mean, they basically talk about how awful white people are. This, the one that I went to, this one, this recent one in Seattle. was was called The Color of Money, and basically the theme was that white people have somehow hogged all the nation's wealth, Mm -hmm. leaving none left over from people of minority Mm -hmm. groups, and they've done it because they're white. They can get away with it. Uh, The people who attend the group tend to be other white privileged professionals. Um, For example, um, college diversity officers, their colleges send them, or their church groups, some of the liberal groups, like the Quakers, um, Will send a whole contingent of people, uh-huh. um, various social justice groups, and a huge number of professionals, basically white privileged professionals, people who have read, who have written books, or they have consulting services, and they go around and do and do um, lead workshops at these conferences, and they also, and it's probably quite a lucrative business lead diversity workshops on university campuses. I mean, every campus now has to have a diversity officer or you'll be in trouble with with the federal government. And so you put on these workshops, and so these people, they're basically professionals. They're professional um, gr- grief mongers. So a we have a
0: white privilege industry in the united states not in the sense that they would mean it i.e. a bunch of people getting rich from being white but rather a bunch of people paying their bills by talking about how bad white people are
1: exactly that's exactly wow. what's going on i, I could talk also, about how
0: bad white people are is there is there real money in this charlotte can i can i make well, a, a I mean, decent there obviously living
1: obviously is because people are in the business i mean there would they wouldn't be there if they if they weren't able to make some money off it uh they all of these all the people who most of the people who have put this conference together have consulting businesses, and um, those wouldn't exist. So there's there's a huge market for this stuff. That's the shocking thing. You have colleges, you have school districts. Like there was one in Wisconsin that decided to go for having people paint slogans about on their faces that it's unfair to be white. I'm white. Isn't this unfair? Um, there there are school districts. Corporations will hire these people because. They have to do diversity training, right. so so they'll hire them. I mean, it's really, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's quite a racket. I mean, if you can get into it, you know, you've got something going for they, you. Are
0: these people at all embarrassed by the fact that they are keeping alive racial division and racial tension? Does anyone ever approach them with the, yeah. you know, your obsession with race might show that you have an obsession with race?
1: No, I think that they... I think that they honestly think that they're doing some good work. I spent a lot of time talking to Abby Ferber, who's the the coordinator. She's a sociology professor at Colorado State University, and she she really believes that this is, that these are this is a really important way to somehow bridge the racial gap and to make to create a more egalitarian society, so that there would be no white privilege there would just be various groups i mean the basic end is a kind of multiculturalism where you have all these groups and they're all they're all equal and and sort, somehow i mean it's a it's a utopian vision i mean she told me herself that there had never been a human society in which that state of affairs existed but nonetheless they they, they believe that they can bring this about in the future and that it's really good for people they see it as a kind of honest dialogue, sort of of the the kind of thing that Eric Holder, the attorney general, once asked for. let's have an honest dialogue about race. But the honest dialogue is always white people beating their breath for being white and minority people airing various grievances. So you you never get any pushback.
0: One last question for you, Charlotte. What can I, self-identified as the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River, do – to abandon my privilege to, and I don't know what this privilege is. I, you know, every, every month the landlord expects a check, you know, I got to pay my taxes. I, you know, no one comes up to me and says, here, let me buy you lunch. I, so I don't know what privilege I have, but how could I abandon my privilege and make these people happy?
1: Uh, you know, that's a good question. I think that the answer would be to go to a white privilege cop conference and give a speech <laughs> about how guilty you feel about being white
0: but I don't feel guilty about being white I don't feel Polished. anything about being white I've <laughs> I have no interest in the fact that I'm I've never ever said goody I'm white or look at what that other white person accomplished I'm going to glory in that other white per- I don't f- I don't take any credit for Bill J- Gates Steve Jobs Bill Clinton one half of Barack Obama I don't take any credit for any of this.
1: No, but you're, I think that you're assumed, to that somehow you're coasting along and that they are coasting along, not, not Obama so much because he has, he has identified himself as black. He's mm-hmm. sort of, in some sense, renounced his white heritage. But, um, but, but the others, I mean, they're not doing... The, the idea is somehow Bill Gates got ahead because he's white. And somehow Steve Jobs and whoever... Warren Buffett, that these guys who made a lot of money somehow did it because they got somehow special privileges because they're
0: white. Charlotte Allen, thanks so much for joining us for this Weekly Standard podcast. Be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. This podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today, get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. I'm your host, Michael Graham.